a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. <laughs> he said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Weekly demonstrations of fallibility. This is Table Talk Radio. You know, we, we want to assert that only the word of God is infallible. So, you know, we right. demonstrate that that is the only thing that's infallible on a regular basis. By being wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah. It just confirms the substance. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, how's Lent over there for you uh, in uh, Austin, Texas, Fine. Pastor Wolfman? Real linty. It's <laughs> Although we just I need to get you a lint roller for Lent, I think, is what you need. <laughs> I just got this text says, there's tacos in the kitchen, and I said, in Lent? Is, th- okay, <laughs> Is that why you put off Table Talk today? You made up this like fabricated reason why you couldn't record on time because there's tacos down the hall? The poor old Worldwide Bible class this morning, my computer was just limping along. So I ran some checks, but it still hasn't told me what it fixed, but it seems to be going smooth as butter right now. So All right, awesome. well... well- We'll see if we can fix that. Uh, today's episode of Table Talk Radio. We have a interesting lineup for our listeners today. All uh, of today's content has been provided by our listeners, which is our favorite, our favorite episodes of Table Talk Radio. First, we're going to be doing a uh, praise song cruncher, maybe a recrunch. We've done this one before, but uh, some again pointing the fallibility of the hosts of this show. Maybe we need to take a closer hey, look at our this listener one. That we crunched it well enough the first time too generous but when's the last time we were accused of being too nice and kind and gentle to a praise song uh that has happened never so uh there's a first for everything so we'll have to give it a bit of another look we're also going to be doing uh preaching to washington uh, this is when uh, politicians quote scripture. It's always kind of a cringe moment, isn't it? W- whether you like him or hate him, when when a politician quote scripture, like, <gasps> careful, what's he gonna say? So we'll be we'll be listening to a few examples of that, and then also if we have some time left over, name that church body. So solid lineup, but that is not before buzzwords. You got your buzzword generator over there, Pastor. I I do. I'm wondering, though, if, you know, because I've been studying Unix all day. <laughs> all right, let's just do Unix. How about that? <laughs> I mean, we were at lunch just a few minutes ago eating tacos, <laughs> and um, and so, so we were talking in English and also in ASL, and and so Aaron was interpreting for me, and I said, and I was telling him about how I'd been studying Unix 
And then I stopped just to see what the <laughs> sign for eunuch is. And? It is as you would expect. Okay. It's just involved scissors. <laughs> now, now the, uh, the thing about eunuch, if you don't know what a, a eunuch is, they show up in the Bible. Um, is a, is a man who has had some of his man parts removed. And um, Jesus mentions it. He says some are born eunuchs, some become eunuchs. Um, you know, there's a, so this is, there's a natural eunuch, there's a, there's a human created eunuch. And this practice of making eunuchs was um, very old. I mean, it goes way back. And uh, there's, a lot of talk about eunuchs in all of these pagan temples like a lot of the priests in these ancient temples were eunuchs and they served these pagan gods they they were men who were less manly than the normal man and they would dress as women and they would serve in these pagan temples so now this is what we call i think transsexual but the but the but the biblical word is eunuch, which is kind of helpful, right? Because if we have a biblical word, then we can sort of wrestle with it. And and here is Isaiah fifty six. This is why this comes up today. It says, um, I'm looking at. Well, let's start at verse three. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, "The Lord has utterly separated me from his people." So the this is talking about the generosity of the Lord's new kingdom the church and he says don't let the foreigner say no i'm not part of the lord's people you're part of my people says the lord and then it says nor let the eunuch say here i am a dry tree <laughs> for thus says the lord to the eunuchs who keep my sabbath and choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant even to them i will give in my uh i will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters i will give them an everlasting name that shall not be and don't here that shall not be cut off <laughs> in other words this is this call of the lord to all of these eunuchs who are these pagan priests who are involved in this pagan worship and the lord's saying hey you're going to have a place even in my house, which is nice, actually. So, so there you go, eunuch. See if you can work that in there. Ah, uh, yeah, no problem. Um, can I borrow your uh, your generator over there? You got it handy. Yeah, sure. How about uh, what's on yeah. page three fifteen? Okay, mm -hmm. this is right at the beginning of chapter two of the fraternal redemption by Christ as the second source of salvation. Hmm. I wonder what the first is. Page the person of Christ, paragraph 32, the personal union. Personal union. In Christ union. the Redeemer, we recognize a duality of natures and a unity of person as expressed in the statement, in Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, are two natures, a divine, that, uh, that of the word, halagos, and a human nature, so united that Christ is one person, end quote. That's from Chemnitz. 
We are to treat, therefore, in succession, first of the two natures in Christ, secondly, the person of Christ. So the personal union, the two natures united in the person of Christ. That's a nice one, actually. Ah, I couldn't have picked a better one myself, obviously. So, all right, that's my buzzword for you. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's, uh, let's take a look at this song. So the song is, and I think we should, um, we should go back and listen to the song, and then I'll read the email from the listener uh, who says... Okay. After the crunch, he still has some bits in his mouth. So um, we need to take a look. But here's here's the song. It's Behold the Lamb. Uh, it's a communion hymn by Stuart Townend. And uh, this is how it sounds. Oh, yeah, that guy. That guy. Maybe we're a little easy on him because we liked his other songs. Yeah. Behold the Lamb who bears our sins away, slain. Remember that one? Nope. <laughs> what? I, can, I was trying, <laughs> and I can't remember a single thing of this song, because I already see the problem. You know, we should maybe this crunch song ourselves. The crunch? We should we should play Were back you that episode. A guest cruncher? <laughs> We should go back and 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 crunch ourselves, and uh, we have the heresy buzzer ready. For I mean, whenever. I'm <laughs> I'm normally only half paying attention, but I might have been not paying attention at all. That you, was back when you were on one Facebook. Of those episodes where you just yeah, that's could have been, or when I was half crazy coming out of the uh, the old COVID days. Oh yeah, maybe. I still have these big blanks of stuff I remember. I don't remember. Yeah, like remember when you told me you'd give me your car. You you said that. You don't remember that? <laughs> oh, okay, so uh, here's... I'm pulling up the lyrics now, reading a little bit more. The body of our Savior, Jesus Christ, torn for you, eat and remember. The wounds that heal, the death that brings us life, paid the price to make us one. So we share in this bread of life, and we drink of his sacrifice as a sign of our bonds of love around the table of the King. The blood that cleanses every uh, stain of sin shed for you, drink and remember. He's drained death's cup that all may enter in to receive the life of God so that we share in this bread of life. We drink of his sacrifice as a sign of our bonds of grace around the table of the king. And so the thankfulness and faith. I like the king's table idea. Yeah, that's good. So I, I, I better hold off the last stanza till the break because... It's coming up, and I don't think I can read it all before we start jamming out to this bump-out music. So you're listening to Table Talk Radio, and we're going to be uh, crunching this song, Behold the Lamb, right after this. This doesn't really go as a uh, communion hymn right here. 
because some people have a high pain tolerance. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Behold the Lamb communion hymn is a song, and we're taking another look at it. Here's the last stanza that I couldn't get to before the break. It says, And so with thankfulness and faith we rise to respond and to remember our call to follow in the steps of Christ as his body here on earth. As we share in his suffering, we proclaim Christ will come again and we'll join in the feast of heaven around the table of the king. So that's the song, Behold the Lamb. And uh, David writes in, he says, um, I need more crunching because there are still bits in my mouth I can't get out. And he sends the link to our episode in which uh, we crunch this. It says, my wife and what I episode have... was it? How long ago? One fifteen. We're on. <laughs> well, we we shifted the numbering system, so we can't really track. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, that was a long time ago. Uh, my wife and I had some reactions to this being used used in our church. In that, all we hear is quote remember and sign. Those are the bits left after the crunch. I tried oh, that's myself. That's even the bad part. <laughs> Just wait, Dave. <laughs> Uh, I tried myself to remove the bits. I looked at what the author says he meant, and it didn't help. It made it worse. Quote, helping to deepen our understanding and experience of the act of breaking bread together. I wrote this hymn with Keith and and Kristen Giddy, following a conversation with them about the need to provide songs for specific points in the church service. When I'm preparing to write a lyric, I usually gather together everything I can find in the scriptures on a particular theme so I can get as comprehensive a picture as possible of what the Bible teaches. And as I did that, three aspects of communion became clear. Number one, the act of remembering and celebrating Christ's death through eating bread and drinking wine. Two, the expression of being one in Christ through sharing in the one bread and the one cup. And three, the proclamation of Christ's return, in my experience. Church, oh, sorry, I think that's the next line. Uh, the proclamation of Christ's return, period. In my experience, churches usually focus either on first or second, and hardly ever the third. So I wanted to create a song that helped us keep in mind the full picture of what communion represents. Dave says, help. Thanks much. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay. So, uh, uh, what's the best thing? We were still newbie crunchers back in episode 115, I think. 115? Yeah, that's a, that is a long time ago. That's got to be <laughs> like three years into this. How long have we been doing this? <laughs> Too long. Too long. <laughs> That was back when That's we had... Like, you know, this show, by the way, is like when I go to the doctor and he says, and he says, do you smoke? And I said, oh, I've been trying to start, but I don't have the discipline. <laughs> it's like, how long are you going to do table talk? He's like, if I could muster up the energy to quit, I would. If only. I just can't. 
I don't know. I'm terrible at forming habits. I can't start smoking. I've tried tons of times, but I just can't make it stick. <laughs> Too lazy. Anyhow, so, okay, so, uh, so maybe we had a, even a different cruncher back then. Oh, that's true. We have uh, different versions of the Cruncher, so this may be a, a, a form in its infancy. So one of the big things that we're always looking at in the Cruncher is mysticism, and mm. this is not that mystic, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So the problem with this is just it has, it has false doctrine regarding the Lord's Supper. Now, so, okay, so but the two things, so the, the, the writer, what's the writer's name? Stuart Townend. No, the writer of the email. Oh, Dave, sorry. Dave. Uh, d d says the two words that are stuck in his craw are remember and sign. And here's the problem, is both of those words are biblical words, and both are fine. The problem is they're not enough, if that's all we had. So, so, so Calvinism, the Reformed, and also the Evangelicals, the Anabaptists, the Radicals, uh, say that the Lord's Supper is only a remembrance. Mm -hmm. It's only a sign. They deny the presence of the body and the working of the promise, the body and the blood and the promise of the forgiveness of sins. So for us, we hear, we hear um, remember and sign, and we think, no, that's a reductionistic move. And it turns out, in this case, it is. That's what Stuart Townend said. In, he, mm -hmm. as in his explanation. But mm -hmm. that, shouldn't, mm -hmm. that shouldn't mean that we can't use that language. We can talk of the Lord's Supper as a memorial meal because we do do it in remembrance of Jesus. It's just not only a memorial meal. Right. But it's not less, but it's, it's more, but it's not less. That's, that I, that's what I want to say. Right. I, and I think um, to, to, to meditate upon what when Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me— um, you know, I, I think that includes everything he said, like when he said, this is my body, this is my blood given for you for the forgiveness of sins. So he's not just saying, hey, set up a, like, like we do like 4th of July, we let off firecrackers to remind, remind us of the bombs bursting in air. It's not like he's saying to set up a celebration to remember this event, um, but to remember what he gives us, what he what he says, what his words are, including you know, that of his real presence and the and the conference of the forgiveness of sins. I also maybe point out, too, that the sign referred to in this song is not the sign of the body, uh, the bread and wine being a representation of his body and blood, but though the, the, uh, the description of the writer reveals that. Uh, in the song, though, the sign is of the bond of peace or the bond of love or the bond of grace. So we do say... That when we partake together in the Lord's Supper, that it is an expression of the unity of doctrine that we share. Um, so that, insofar as that goes, that is a sign. Uh, it's just not the sign of, uh, as if some kind of a symbolic understanding of the of the body and blood of Christ. Right, that's right. And, and the, you know, not only does the Bible use the language of sign, especially with the Lord's Supper, but our, our Lutheran confessions do, too. In fact, Luther talks about baptism as a sign all the time in the large catechism. So we can talk about it as that, too, because it's a, it's something, it's a truth that points to a theological reality. 
And that's great. I mean, we should we should think of the, the Lord's Supper as a sign, but it's just, again, it's more than that. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you the real problem, the real beef I've got with this song. You want to guess? Do you have a beef with the song that you'd like to? Um, I Maybe it's this. Um, is it in the first stanza? Mm-hmm. Okay, so here we have the lamb who's given his, who's Christ, who's given his body and blood for us to eat and to drink so that we would be receivers there in, therein of the forgiveness of sins. And the song points us not to the forgiveness of sins being found there, but to be found back at the cross. You got it. That's it. That's a big deal. That's a big, big deal. So, so maybe I, I need a whiteboard to do this. Do you have a whiteboard there, everyone? Yeah, just tell me what imagination. Just tell me what to write. I got it. <laughs> must be must be a whiteboard now. So okay, so imagine on one side. Okay, so here's how Luther says it. He didn't have a whiteboard, so let I'll just let him say it and then try to draw the picture. He says, we have to distinguish between the winning of forgiveness and the delivery of forgiveness. Forgiveness of sins is won for us by the death of Jesus on the cross. It's delivered in the word and sacraments. And so on one side of that whiteboard is the cross, and it says forgiveness won. And then on the other side is a little picture of you. And then there's lines that go across from one to the other. Forgiveness delivered in the word, and in the word with the water, and in the, and in the word with the body and the blood. That's the way the Lord Jesus gets the forgiveness of sins to us. Now, there's two ways to mess this up. There's the Catholic way, which sees in the sacraments the forgiveness of sins won. Mm. That's the whole business with the sacrifice of the Mass. The Mass is a propitiatory sacrifice. It carries away sin. The repristination, the unbloody repristination of, of Jesus on the cross. What does that mean? Nobody knows, actually. You ask... It's a great little exercise to ask a Catholic priest, what do you mean by sacrifice of the Mass? And they say, <laughs> nobody knows. <laughs> we're, sure, we're pretty sure you're wrong, but we've got no idea if we're right. <laughs> so, so that's one way to mess it up. The other way to mess it up is to see the cross as the point of the, sins, of the forgiveness of sins delivered. Hmm. And that's what this song does, together with a bunch of songs that come out of the revivalistic tradition that says, you know, at the foot of the cross, I lay myself down, foot of the, I go to the foot of the cross, as if, as if by an act of memory or an act of the mind, I transport myself to, in, in sort of a visionscape, to the foot of the cross where the blood of Jesus now falls on me, and I'm forgiven. No, you can't do it. You can't get there. There is no foot of the cross. Even if you go to the place in Jerusalem, where the foot of the cross was, and depending on where you think it is, it's either by like a bus station or in the middle of the church. There's no cross there. The cross is in a bunch of, you know, uh, frames scattered around the world. A Luther thing, if you took all the bits of the cross, you could build Noah's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> the, but the point is the cross isn't there you can't get to the foot of the cross it, and you're not supposed to that's why Jesus said go into all nations go because my kingdom will be extended people don't have to come back here to Jerusalem it, it, it'll go out and how will it go out it'll go out in baptism it'll go out in teaching it'll go out in doing this eating and drinking his body and blood in his remembrance the, the the forgiveness of sins is delivered 
and that is totally missed in this stanza. Ah, well said. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio. So exciting, you won't notice. The Sunday Drive Home, Grappling with the Text on the Theo Vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. So exciting, you won't notice. That's a trick. <laughs> a great point, Pastor. Uh, so... Uh, here you have, I think, the, the wonderful distinction between forgiveness won and forgiveness delivered, and it is in the means of grace, word and sacrament, what God delivers that forgiveness of sins. And that's why, and, and I think our uh, listener Dave is right to pay attention to the language of sign when it comes up in a song about the Lord's Supper, because if it's a sign and only a sign, then the sign doesn't actually deliver the goods. Uh, doesn't actually deliver forgiveness. A sign, a sign represents something else. It's it's uh, something over there. So um, uh, now, it it is certainly a sign, but it is not only a sign. Uh, now, I, I'm interested to, to any any other thoughts about that before I ask you another question on this. No, I'm ready. What do you think about uh, the songwriters' discussion here about the Lord's Supper? Uh, the, uh, the Bible teaches about the Lord's Supper, that it is a proclamation of Christ's return, and that is something that is often neglected in discussions about the Lord's Supper. How, how does the, Paul say it? Is that um, every time we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim his death until he comes again? Yeah. So there is, a, there is an until-ness of the Lord's Supper. Yeah. It's a temporary meal. Yeah. Uh, just like the Old Testament Passover was an, a temporary meal um, until the New Testament came. And, and, uh, and so we're waiting to feast with him in the eternal kingdom where it's no longer a feast of, of blood but uh, of wine. Then that's when the memorial meal kicks in in, in, in the resurrection, right? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's a slight so. nuance. Not that it's a big deal, I don't think, but... Um, so his words were, "It's the Lord's Supper is a proclamation of Christ's return, and that comes up in his last stanza where he says, uh, as we share in his suffering, we proclaim, colon, Christ will come again. So he's asserting then that the Lord's Supper itself is a proclamation that Christ is coming again, and I don't think that's what the words of Scripture actually say. Not that that's a bad thing, you know, I mean, not, not that— right. I mean, sure, but it's that you will proclaim the Lord's that you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes again. So, so uh, this this is the the talk of I do not leave you as orphans. That I'm uh, I'm going away, and you will for a time you know see me no longer, and then you'll see me again. Um, but in the meantime, I'm giving you my body to eat and my blood to drink. So, so this is what He's given us until He comes again. And we'll be with uh, Christ again in the feast that has no end. Uh, so this is the the intermediate meal where he's delivering to us the forgiveness of sins while we continue in these gray and latter days. Mm-hmm. I think that's, yeah, I think that's well said. That's and that's a and it's a fine point too. I mean, we 
Well, the difference is, is that, I mean, again, uh, I, I could certainly live with someone saying, hey, we're, we're proclaiming the, Lord, the Lord's return by this meal. You know, I, I, I don't really have any big issues with that. But all I'm saying is that if we pay closer attention to what the words actually say, then we're, we're being comforted with the fact that this is what he's given us to sustain us until he comes back. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is mm-hmm. this is the 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 food that gives us the sustenance to make it to his return. <laughs> Thanks be to God for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's the bread that comes down from heaven. We're we're in the wilderness, and this is the provision on the way. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. So what is is this crunched? Are we gonna Are we gonna I think so. Yeah. Crunch what had, uh, what once been passed. It. I think, yeah, let's crush it. Why not? <laughs> All right. Thank you for writing us in. And now let's... I mean, look, at, we almost, we were almost accused of being too kind, too generous. Almost. We, we, were, we were almost we nice, changed. but we, we corrected it. <laughs> All right. So now let's, let's play a little uh, preaching to Washington. Um, now, I know... I. It's it's fascinating when you watch uh, someone who's on the in the, in the public public stage, uh, running for office or maybe in office, and starts quoting scripture. Now, I have I have uh, I have my questions with that. I mean, we certainly don't elect um, our public officials to guide us spiritually. We have the church <laughs> to that endeavor pastors that the Lord has given us from that endeavor. Um, uh, however, you know, they're free to, to say the things they would like to pertaining to their beliefs. And when a politician starts quoting scripture, it's, uh, it's time to maybe, hmm, uh, put on your discernment ears a little bit. I'd and, say, uh, <laughs> I'd say. So here's, here's one that was sent to us. Um, this is Ron DeSantis. He's speaking at, um, the 2022 CPAC and he is talking about um, this year being a year that uh, conservatives must, uh, must fight. And, and this is what he says. So we have an opportunity to make 2022 the year that America fought back. We're going to lead the charge here in Florida, but we need people all over the country to be willing to put on that full armor of God, to stand firm against the left schemes. You'll be met with flaming arrows but the shield of faith will stop them, you will emerge victorious. And so I can tell you this, in Florida, we will be standing our ground, we'll be holding that line, we are not going to back down. We've accomplished more in this state than anyone thought possible, but I can tell you this, we have only begun to fight. Thank you all, God bless you. All right, so there it is. (laughs) <laughs> I love that how he's really basically so quoting bad. from Ephesians chapter six, and instead of the the devil, he just throws in the left as a replacement word for the devil. <laughs> I like Ronda Santos. I like him a lot less right now. <laughs> that is so. Oh. <laughs> Now, I, I actually... I mean, it's not even like just grabbing a picture of Scripture and be like, I, you know, to, to, to kind of grab the language. Like Abraham Lincoln quotes from Jesus where he says, a house divided cannot stand. Right, right. 
And you're like, that's a misuse of the scripture, but it's just, you're sort of grabbing biblical language to help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where it says, well, you, we, uh, we, uh, maybe if you wanted to, you could say, we, we are soldiers of light. We, are, we wear the armor of light. Maybe you could grab that from Romans or something. And we, we're guided by the truth and, or something. I'm, I'm not sure. But, <laughs> but it goes on to quote the various pieces of the armor of God, the shield of faith and the, you know... It's a uh, real, it's, it, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's using the scripture, but I mean, but, but it's a, it's a total misuse because Paul himself says explicitly at the beginning of that passage, we do not fight against flesh and blood. <laughs> in other words, our fight is not against people. He, in, in fact, in the context of Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul is talking about submitting, he's talking about the table of duties and the role of Christian submission. Mm-hmm. Does he have a, he, does he have a, uh, I don't think he has a state thing in his table no. of duties in Ephesians. But, the, the, uh, look, we're doing battle not against other people, that's the point. We're doing battle against, against the demons. And here DeSanto says, no, we're doing battle against the Democrats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're the ones shooting the fiery darts at us. That is a really, that's a very bad misuse of the scripture. But, you know. Um, I mean, inexcusable. Here, but here's here's the thought behind it. And and um, on one way I can sympathize with it, but I think we have to be careful with how we're handling scripture. But here's the thought that um, those on the other side of the political aisle are bringing about things that are the devil's agenda. So if the left wants to bring in communism and uh, take away our freedom of, of, of worship, then they are the servants of the devil. And so we're not fighting just against the political left. We're fighting against the devil uh, insofar as that we're fighting against those things. Um, and, and, and I think this is oftentimes how a lot of Christians see, I mean, ever since, um, probably ever since Trump got elected, we saw the uh, political atmosphere bumped up a few notches, just the ferocity on either side. You know, the, the, the any, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, any facade of, of um, I'm, I'm lack of words, being, being, Politically correct has been been cast aside there, and we, both sides are just kind of going at it. And I think this right. this was threatening. I think for a lot of uh, conservatives, because now we're really seeing the world's true colors uh, a bit more. And so a lot of people are 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 panicked. Uh, a lot of people are you know ready to go to the bunkers and do whatever uh, they think they need to to protect themselves. And that is the satanic forces in our world. Now, what's your response to that notion? Well, I mean, what of it? I mean, like, so, so maybe there is, um, you know, the devil is working in in the world, and he would love to um, destroy everything good. Like Luther says that the devil can't stand that we have a piece of bread to eat in peace, you know that's the, so. 
So the devil is after everything good, which includes any sort of godly order. He's pursuing disorder on every account. But the point is he can't win. There's no... There's no hope for him. So the Christian can have a, a, a sort of a buoyant hopefulness in the midst of all these arguments. All right, let's take a break and uh, let you finish your sentence on the other side. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. Well, this is where I think the confusion comes in, and it's understandable, um, because, uh, and this goes to what you used to talk about, I don't know if you still talk about this kind of thing, but you still you still do the anti-catechism? Yeah, when uh, I remember. So this, so here's the, the Lord has given us uh, in this world certain institutions that are godly. Um, so uh, you mentioned Ephesians 5 and 6 being the... Uh, the counter to what he mentions earlier in chapter five of the, um, you know, to to set aside the debauchery that you have, and then and then it's almost like the question, well, what are we going to do then? He says, well, husbands, love your wives, <laughs> and wives respect your husbands, and parents don't exasperate your children, and children honor your honor your parents, uh, and 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 slaves, be good slaves, and masters. Be good masters, because you have a master that's above you, who's Jesus. You know, so he's giving, like you said, the table of duties, and these are uh, godly institutions. And so when we see even political forces who are trying to tear down those institutions, the institutions of the family, institutions of just male and female, <laughs> the institutions of the church, or or a government that would do its job uh, of, of protecting people, the, these things, when insofar as um, any political group would would try to tear those things down, their interests are aligned with that of the devil. And I think then that our mistake is to think that those who are fighting for those institutions is one and the same as fighting against the devil, but it's not. And the reason is, is that our, our defense against the devil is not in our replanting age-old institutions— but our defense against the devil is the one who has already already defeated him. So you have, let's say, a person who is fighting for again these institutions that 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 family would be family, but this person is not uh, uh, does not have faith in Christ, then he is not safe from the devil's poison darts, and that's mm-hmm. the point. And that's why this is a misuse of what Ron DeSantis is saying, because it, mm-hmm. it, it neglects Christ. And neglecting Christ mm-hmm. in the scriptures is a, 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 a terrible error. Right. And we should not want Ron DeSantis to not neglect Christ. I mean, we want him to believe in Jesus, but we do not want him to preach Jesus. I don't think we do. Um, because that probably doesn't end up well. It's not his vocation. It's not his calling. He's mm-hmm. not a pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, he's a governor. So he is to protect these institutions. But and and to recognize that there is 
as you said, th that these institutions are instituted by God, um, and that we are, in fact, fighting for the good of these things, but th that there's things that are pre-political, uh, above the politics, you know, as we as we sit here below and try to sort out the best way to arrange our lives, uh, you know, may God grant us wisdom and peace as we try to do it and give us good rulers. But to go and to say that it's at the CPAC that we're putting on the armor of God rather than at the church, uh, that's just a, a terrible confusion. Right. Well, brace yourself. I have another quote for you. The Bible tells okay. us that we shall know the truth and the truth shall make us free. Well, here is the God's truth about January 6, 2021. Oh, no. A mob breaking windows, kicking in doors, oh. breaching the Capitol. American flags on poles being used as weapons, as spears. Fire stingers being thrown at the heads of police officers. Over 140 police officers were injured. They've repeatedly asked since that day, how dare anyone, anyone, diminish, belittle, or deny the hell they were put through. We didn't see a former president who had just rallied the mob to attack, sitting in the private dining room off the Oval Office in the White House, watching it all on television, and doing nothing for hours. This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. The Bible tells us that... Oops, sorry, I forgot to cut that off. All right, so um, this might fall into the category of borrowing language that you mentioned before. Yeah, it, it, so... I mean, I'm I don't think sure he's... That when, yeah, I don't think he's explaining John's words, words there. <laughs> yeah, he was not... Jesus was probably not thinking about the news about the about January 6th. I, I'm not... I'm, I'm pretty sure... I, you know, not 100% sure that's what Jesus was thinking about but i'm pretty sure <laughs> you know what what crossed my mind about those events is that i think from now on at least for several years we're always going to remember january 6th as the day that the quote-unquote insurrection took place and uh it's just another diminishment of the uh uh church event that takes place epiphany. January 6th. Yeah. yeah. Nobody cares about epiphany. Anymore. I mean, yeah, nobody cared in the first place, but now there's even more of a, <laughs> a thing to put it down the list. Like, eh. I, I don't, I, I, so my thoughts on January 6th, they're not particularly well formed, but, and, but they're probably also not particularly important. But uh, the point here is that, is, is there anything good about, uh, about use about quoting Jesus John 8 in that particular context when Jesus says the truth will set you free he's not talking about just any truth i mean it is nice that that the president biden acknowledges that there is truth <laughs> that, I mean, which that is, is better refreshing than Pilate, isn't it you know? <laughs> what is truth how can you know anything this kind of postmodern whatever but but it's not just a truth that sets you free like Austin FC are two and one and one this season that's true but it doesn't set me free knowing that there's a particular truth that sets us free mm -hmm. and that is the truth of who Jesus is he is the way the truth and the life 
No one comes to the Father but by him. It's Jesus as capital T truth, as truth incarnate, that emancipates us from the slavery to sin and, and death and so forth, corruption. So Jesus, the truth, sets us free, not just any sort of truthy thing. Now, that doesn't mean we should not pursue truth, and Christians are truth-tellers. We're obligated, authorized and obligated by Jesus to tell the truth. But um, this is not, John 8 is not talking about like media or news integrity or something <laughs> like that. It's, it's talking about Jesus. Well, and I, and I wonder if, you know, if, if we were playing uh, Ten Commandments in the soundbite, um, we might apply the second commandment as a point of conversation here so that we would not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Um, so one of the things that we talk about is when that you have to bolster what you're saying by invoking the Lord's name. Um, so Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no, and anything be beyond that is evil. Um, so that if that, that that he could have just said, hey, guys, this is what happened January 6th, and then go on his, his list. But he started out by saying, this is God's truth of what happened. And he's attaching the name of God uh, to the events that he wants people to believe. You know, wh and whether his claims are factual or not, factual or not, is not even the point. Um, the point is, is that um, that, that there. He, I, I think may, maybe maybe I'm falling into motive a little bit here, but uh, I think you're you're trying to get certain people on board with you to say, "Hey, you guys who know the Bible, I know the Bible too," and you should believe what I say here, <laughs> that, that we can't just test the claim at face value to say, okay, yeah, yeah, that's what happened, or no, that didn't happen. Uh, but we're being told the truth will set you free, and this is God's truth. And then he goes on about something that happened a year ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, uh, so that that's an amazing, actually, I, you know, I hadn't thought about this because— the second commandment, the, the misuse of the Lord's name, and we think, well, when does that happen except for when people swear? But when you think about it, I mean, both of these sound bites that we've listened to are doing just that. Like, you you can't just make your point. You have to you have to sort of ramp it up by, by this kind of oath-like language. Hmm. So you appeal to the Scripture to try to give gravity to what you're saying. It is sort of, it's an amazing thing to think about that I think there's an investigation on the January 6th riots, or maybe has it concluded and there's I have a report, no idea. but there's like a, yeah. like a fact-finding commission. And, and how amazing to think that to get to the truth of something, you have to go and you have to investigate it. In other words, it might not be the office of the president to deliver the truth like this, to say, here, I'm going to tell you what happened. Um... And now you have to you you're obligated to either believe my story. Well, you're that's the only option. If it's God's truth, you better believe it. So you don't. You, he's taking away the privilege of being able to disagree with him, being able to say, well, you know, I I saw it differently because you know I saw some sort of goofball vegan guy dressed up in a buffalo hat, and it looks to me like a joke. <laughs> you know, like we we were not on the edge of. Now, that was, I'm not saying that it was bad. I mean, I don't, there's no way that this thing was good. This mm -hmm. kind of lawlessness mm -hmm. is uh, inexcusable, but 
that is not the the truth of that is not the truth that sets us free. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio, where the points are like. Thanks for Someone listening to this no, edition of Table there. Talk Radio. Union and Table Unic Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. It's like the man and woman becoming one with There was a way to get there. Psychosis, yeah, it's not there now. Sorry. You only had the entire show. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.